if you're listening to this podcast, I feel like you're probably a little bit of a rebel, a little bit of a renegade. There's somewhere inside of you that's like, no, I don't want to play by the rules. I don't want to do what I've been told. I want to find my own way. And that heartbreak moment is your opportunity to find out what your path is, what your unique genius, your unique lessons, your unique challenges are, and to rise to that occasion. I really can't think of anything more important than waking up to your true self. I mean, once you do that, every single thing in your life changes. It's like a whole new world opens up. I used to look at my life and think, there has got to be more. There is, and this is it. I'm Paige, and this is Spiritual Twenties. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 8 of Spiritual Twenties. My name is Paige, and I'm so excited for today's episode because we have a very special guest, a friend of mine, Sophia LePage. Sophia, also known as the Makeover Queen, is a coach and speaker who has inspired thousands of women around the world. Sophia has shared her message in publications at summits and retreats, including the Elephant Journal, Women Empowered Now, and the Love Breakthrough Retreat. She is a former resident Tantra teacher at Radiantly Alive Yoga. She is a global citizen, having lived on five continents. Among other life-changing experiences, she spent two months traveling and living with shamans in South America before settling in the beautiful Bali, Indonesia, where she met her fiancé and fellow entrepreneur Gabriel. The two now run multiple businesses together and are the proud owner of two cats. At the beginning of the episode, I asked Sophia to tell us about her journey of how she got to where she is today, helping women to completely make over their lives and claim that inner queen so that they can start the next chapter with confidence. And you'll see that that is absolutely something that she has done herself. We covered things like heartbreak, moving out of heartbreak, finding wholeness in ourselves, how we lose ourselves in relationships, how to ask for what we want and why we should and why we deserve it. We covered a lot and I know it's going to be really juicy for you guys and I'll already give you a spoiler alert. We have already talked again since because we realized we just did not get enough out of our first session so you can have that to look forward to. At the end of our episode, Sophia tells us about her one-on-one mentorship right now, which is called Luxuriate. Sorry, fellas, this one's just for the ladies out there. Ladies, you are definitely going to want to check this out. I will have all of Sophia's information in the show notes. Without further ado, here is Sophia. Hi, Sophia. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm really, really excited. Sophia and I have been in a mastermind together for the past year that's sadly coming to an end under our coach, Kate Scudder. And so we're really grateful to her to have brought us together. And I remember our first call all together and there's about how many people were in our group? Do you remember 15 or 20? Oh yeah. 15 or 20. It's a big group. It was a big group, but I remember Sophia has this energy that you guys are going to feel even just through her voice, but I'm looking at her on screen right now. And I just remember being like, I want some of what this girl's got. She's got this great energy and, and I really am excited selfishly because I'm going to have you start off by telling us a bit about your story, which I don't really know, but I know the highlights of, and I'm very intrigued. So how did you get to where you are today? Sure. I'd love to share that. So um, it all sort of started around about a decade ago and there was this moment um, where I knew that in an hour I was going to cheat on my husband. 
And so my marriage uh, was not really what I wanted it to be. And it had been falling apart for some time. So this was the moment. And I really felt in that moment, like I was in a cage and all I wanted to do was just light that cage on fire. So I took that step. I had the affair and then I went through a really very messy divorce and I was released from that cage. But what I found out was actually it wasn't really him or the relationship with, that was the cage. He was just shining a light on the cage that I had put myself in. So, you know, I was able to cl gradually claw myself out of there, but it was really hard and it was even hard to, you know, go to my mom or my sister or my friends. Um, I really struggled to like talk about it because there was a lot of shame around it. And I felt like I had gone so far outside of who people knew me to be. And then after, you know, some years of that and working all through that, eventually I came to um, Bali and I started this incredible relationship with my now fiance um, and we'll be getting married in a few months. Yeah. And through that process of coming out the other side of that and getting into this beautiful relationship, um, I started a business that was around helping women get to that next relationship. Um, but through doing that work, what I really realized is that wasn't what I needed to be doing. What I needed to be doing was helping them look at the cages that they were in since they were little girls and help them move out of that little girl um, syndrome, I call it, that we all sort of carry and then move into becoming like the real queens that they were born to be. So, oh, yeah. God. I love that. I love that. Wow. That's such an amazing journey. And I didn't realize that about, about your husband and having that messy divorce situation. I can't imagine how difficult that must have been. And I think cheating is a really interesting topic, one that I've had a lot of experience in myself, unfortunately. Um, but it's, it's really such a teacher. And I, and I agree that we think that it's, it's a teacher of the relationship. And I've, I learned so much about myself through those experiences. Exactly what you said is right, that we think that it's always about the relationship. We think it's that we have to problem solve in the relationship or we have to problem solve in the other person. And really, we are all are mirrors for each other and anything that's going on in our relationship or in somebody else that they're shining on us is, is really reflective of something that we need to work on. And so we were just chatting before. I know now you are focusing on helping women get out moving through a heartbreak situation and, and finding yourself through that. And I think that that's something that men and women, I know we have some guys listening, everybody deals with heartbreak. And so I guess just if you could speak to basically for the person who maybe is like, really new to this idea that relationships are actually the doorway to us and that heartbreak is such an amazing window to meet ourselves. If you could kind of speak to just what that, what that general principle is all about. Sure. I would love to. Uh, yeah. So what I find a lot um, with my clients, and this was also of course reflected in my own personal journey is that in what can happen a lot of time um, is if if you're someone who's a people pleaser, right? Like you you you're someone who feels good about giving, have some trouble receiving, feel like if you're able to take care of someone, their needs or make them happy, then then you have sort of um, earned your place. Like, oh, I, I, it's okay for me to be here. I'm deserving this because I'm giving X, Y, Z. So people like this, which is most people, because this is how we grow up thinking that, right, Paige is pointing to herself. This is how we grow up thinking that, you know, this is what a good person is, right? Good person, we see this in our mothers, often um, sacrificing for the family or our fathers sacrificing for the family. 
And so what happens is we get into relationships and then you just sort of lose yourself in it, right? You get absorbed into the other person, what they want, what they need, what they desire, and forget to ask yourself, who am I in this? What do I want? What do I deserve? What do I desire? And so that's where when you're coming out of that relationship, right? There, and there's the moment where you're like, oh my God, who am I? What do I want? How do I exist outside of this? Um, there can also be that, that fear of like, how am I going to be okay on my own? Like, can I really do this? And that feeling of needing that person with you in order to feel safe, secure in your life. And many, many people, right, are going through this right now with this in crazy time in the world of so many transitions. So the reason why I'm doing this work is because it's so important for us to heal our past relationship patterns. Otherwise, when you do get to that stage of going into another relationship, you're just going to repeat it. And you probably have seen this in your life, right? You go into this relationship and then that relationship and they're a little bit different, but at the end, you kind of did the same sort of things. So it's like the same patterns, the same behaviors, just like wearing a different outfit now, right? And so this is like why it's so important for us to really get very clear on who we are, what we want, what we're about and get in our power with that and start to really own that and let go of these stories of like, oh, I need to be the good little girl or the good little boy. I need to play by all the rules. I need to, you know, look after everybody else and hope that someone will look after me. And so it's about building up those boundaries and, and yeah, like really getting to know who you are so that then if you meet someone, you're like, great, I'm this awesome cake and you're just the cherry on top. Yes. I just recently talked about that in a podcast episode about how it's so funny how people will say, oh, I always seem to end up with the same person. Like it's some kind of weird phenomenon. And it's like, no, you haven't changed. You're still carrying your same stories. You're still carrying your same beliefs, same patterns. Of course, you keep attracting the same kinds of situations. But what I wanted to say, and I'm interested in what you think about how something that I've noticed is that all of that, I think, exists often in disguise or in our subconscious, where it's not like we know that we're doing this. It's not that we know that oftentimes when we do lose ourselves in a relationship, it's not always the blatant example of example, somebody who, you know, no, doesn't hang out with their friends anymore, who completely abandons their work for a person, right? Like that's kind of a blatant, obvious example. And I think that a lot of people see that and experience that in their friends or family members. And then they say, well, I'm not doing that. So that's not me. So I don't have that problem. Or if they don't think of themselves, if their conscious thoughts aren't, oh, I need to, you know, make sure that this person approves of me. I need to, you know, what can I do to get them to like me? If those aren't conscious thoughts that you're having, you might think, oh, this, this isn't me. This doesn't apply to me. But what I've seen in myself and in people that I've worked with and just friends that oftentimes it's it's not really that we know we're doing this. It's like, it's happening underneath, it's happening in our subconscious and we will label it different things. Like we'll call it just, well, that's just the way to be a good boyfriend or a good mm -hmm. girlfriend, right? Like that's just what we're supposed to do or it's selfish to not be this way, right? And so we have these other stories and labels and I just thought that that might be an important kind of point to make that a lot of times, like I say, as always, step number one is awareness. And I think that right. a reason why so many people struggle in this area of relationships and of love is because this, this isn't talked about and it's not brought to anyone's attention because a lot of it is happening in our subconscious from 
past patterns. Totally, 100% agree. And like some examples then of how you can lose yourself in a relationship, because yeah, those examples you mentioned are examples, but they're extreme examples. But for like the, from my clients, what I see so often is it's like, just, you know, like, if some not not expressing what you want so if if you get asked a question hey what do you want to do here deflecting oh well what do you want to do right doing that with friends as well like where should we go for dinner oh where do you want to go oh no just tell me where you want to go I'm easy I'm flexible right those kinds of like statements like oh you know I'll just I'm just happy to fit in with whatever you want to do it's it's really not doesn't matter to me so these are just small ways that you can be giving yourself away in your in your relationships in your friendships and sending this subtle message to yourself and to the people around you that what I want doesn't matter as much as what you want Mm. Mm. yes I needed to sit with that for a second yeah it's I love those examples. And as you were talking about them, I thought about in my life, my examples where this would happen to me would be things like it would, something would bother me, but I wouldn't want to say it because I didn't want to be a pain or a nag or here's a big one for me and, and women, especially high maintenance. Right. I have three brothers. I grew up with a lot of boys in my life and um, had primarily male friends growing up. And so I was privy to a lot of those conversations, uh, you know, the locker room talk of you don't want to be a nag, you don't want to be annoying, you don't want to be high maintenance. And so that has really manifested in a lot of work for me to do um, now in my adult life. Because yeah, like even simple things, I, I won't say because I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be a pain. I don't want to be annoying. Like something like, um, what was the thing I thought of? Oh, being on the phone. Oh, and this brings up intimacy, which is something that I know that you are an expert in that I wanted to, to talk to you about. Because so for me, if I am, obviously everybody's going to look at their phone from time to time. Right. Mm-hmm. But being especially in bed with somebody who is scrolling on Instagram was extremely, is extremely triggering to me on so many ways. And I know you're going to have some juice to spill on that, but I mean, just even, you don't have to be an expert or know anything about the subject to just, let's just take a step back and look at this, right? There is a woman in bed with you or a man in bed with you, especially if it's an intimate situation, if you're laying there naked and the person would rather be engaged with a device. That to me was so triggering to all of my abandonment needing connection wounds that I really had a hard time with it. And and I was so paralyzed because again, bringing it back to what you said before about these examples of ways that we lose ourselves that aren't so obvious, like me choosing to just instead, I guess I'll just look at my email or I guess I'll just watch TV and ignore the fact that this is really upsetting to me that this person who's intimately laying next to me is on their phone instead of connecting with me. Right. That, you know, that's another way that I definitely feel like I lost myself because I was afraid to say it because I didn't want, I was afraid of the rejection or I was afraid of that oh, that's high maintenance, that's annoying, she's being an ad. Right. I love that. I'm so glad you brought up that example. And I feel that I'm sure so many of your listeners can resonate with that. Um, there's oh, there are so, so a few different things that I want to speak to in that. One is this idea, I love that you brought up about like trying to be low maintenance and being afraid of being high maintenance. And I actually believe that that is like, that's we women have been told that we should be low maintenance and we should be cool and we should be easy. And actually we shouldn't be, we should be high maintenance because if we don't say what we want, if we don't say what we need, then we're expecting our partner to read our minds and most people are not like 
you know, little psychics with their crystal ball there just right. tra- figuring you out who you are. And men really love to be told what you want. They actually want to please you, right? So it's like a myth that women should be low maintenance and that keeps a man happy. It just makes him confused. And it just makes him like, you know, he's scrolling on his phone. He thinks if you don't tell me that you don't like this, that it's cool, you know, because men are a bit generally a bit more upfront with things. So generally men, if they don't like something, they say, say it. If they want something, they'll say it most of the time. Um, Of course, there can be exceptions, but generally men will say, so they expect a woman to tell them. So if they don't hear anything from you, they think that you're cool with it. And then we get into this thing of like, oh, he doesn't want to spend time with me. He doesn't want to blah, 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 blah. But actually it's because we haven't expressed. And there's something so powerful in using your voice and also in really um, there's different ways to say it, right? So nagging comes up when it's like something you've suppressed for so long and then finally it just comes out, like it comes up out kind of bitchy or angry or something like that, right? Because it's like finally you're like, oh, I just can't take it anymore. And so, so it's, but when you're in that practice of speaking up what you desire, then you're able to have, issue it as an invitation like hey babe I'd really love if we could just have like zero phone time at night so that we can really connect because I really want to feel close to you right which is a much more inviting way or I love spending time with you. Could we put the phones down? So I, I really want to hear about your day. You know, it's yeah. it's more like it, you're saying like, I want to be with you. Will you be with me here yeah. instead of like you're doing something wrong? So, yeah. Exactly what you said was life-changing for me in my last relationship. When I started it, I was in a really unhealthy place, just all areas of my life. But then I started to do a lot of healing and kind of went on this personal transformation journey. And in it, what I realized was this idea that we all have these stories and we all have these rules and that other people don't know our rules. And it's so true, especially typically in the dynamic of of women to men, where men do, do not read minds, first of all, nobody does, and would prefer to be told and be kept in the loop because otherwise they don't, they also, men don't have the kind of level of intuition, again, generally, that women have where women can kind of pick up on, oh, this might be what's going on. Men don't usually have that. They don't usually see that, you know, you, I don't know, being sarcastic is meaning something much deeper. So anyways, it's the idea of telling people how to love us, you know, that that people don't know your stories, people don't know your rules, and we love to get stuck in this belief that, oh, well, this is just how it is. It's just common sense, but that's not necessarily true. And if you don't speak it, because then also you're making everyone's life easier because if you speak it and then that's not something that they can meet, then it's clear, you know, you can wipe your hands with this relationship because you, you know that this person can't meet your needs and you didn't have to find out the grueling way. Right. Yeah. And it's, it can feel really scary, you know, to, um, to speak up for what you desire. Um, I remember having a conversation um, with my fiance, Gabriel, um, quite early on. And I had come to over years of, you know, as 10 years ago, I got divorced, but I'd come to in the last few years, I was like, wow, I really realized that it's very important to me. I really want to get married again in my life. And that felt like like it felt not just something that was just a little thing, but it was like a really important thing for me. And I remember the moment that I said to him, like, I just want you to know that it's, it's a really big desire for me. It's really important for me to get married again. And I'm just wondering 
where you're at with that and if this is something that you see in your future or not. Because if he didn't see it in his future, it was then going to be a really big decision for me. Is this a non-negotiable or not? And I remember asking him and as soon as I asked it, I had a panic attack. And because I realized that I had this story in my head that if I ask for what I want, a man will leave me. Yeah. He will not love me if I ask him. And and it was actually having to say that big thing that made me realize that that was there and that was what had been stopping me in past relationships mm. from from speaking out my desires and actually me doing that right then he, it was it turned out to be really beautiful and it started a conversation that um, has led to where we are now where we're in it when we're engaged and we're getting married and he's also really excited about it um, but in that initial conversation he was like oh well um, I've been married before too and I'm just not really sure at this point tell me why it's really important for you Mm. you know so you might not get an initial yes but at least it's opening a a conversation yeah for sure when we're asking for what we want I think that the main underlying thing there is that we don't think we can get it or we don't think we deserve it right so Because otherwise, that has to be the case because otherwise it would be like what we're saying, a good thing to ask for what you want and then realize that this person can't give it to you because it's like, oh, well, shit, then I'm just going to go find someone who can. If you can't, then Mm -hmm. I can. And and you would want that and you would welcome that if you were coming from this place of, I believe that I can get everything that I want. I believe that there is somebody who, and again, you're whole all on your own, but meeting the needs that you want your partner to meet for you, if you believed that you can have all of that, every single thing on your list, you know, you wouldn't be afraid to ask you it because if the person didn't meet them and if they weren't willing to meet them, then you would just, you would know at that point to move on. So I think that what it really comes down to again, subconsciously, this is like the stuff that's like cringy for us to un- unveil about ourselves, but that there has to be some part of us. And again, this isn't definitely men and women that that's not possible for us to get right. everything we want. So we should just settle and we should just not say what we want just in case that they might say no, and then we lose them. And then, and then what, then we'd be alone. And then the the presumption again there would be that who you would find next could be worse right which is not right right yeah I'll never find a a love like this again and then you get out of it you're like oh well that was pretty awful (laughs) subpar (laughs) where you get get to the other side yeah and it's so true it's like that underlying feeling of like I am just not lovable and that's, that's one of those cages, you know, that I was talking about that we find ourselves in this, this idea that I don't, de- I don't deserve, you know, it's like there's something inherently broken and wrong with me mm-hmm. and I need to kind of like make up for that for the rest of my life by being subservient to everybody around me. And like this queen or the king, right, because the, for the men, is the one who's like, no, I am worthy. I am deserving. I'm not here to be a slave. I'm here to be served. You know, I can have what I want and I am going to surround myself with people who are on my level, which is, sounds a bit like, oh, but, but where, you know, you're, you're vibrating on the same frequency. Right. And, and you know, if people don't like me, that's cool because they're just making space for the other people who really resonate with who I am. And that's like a powerful um, way to be in the world. And I believe that is our divine kind of birthright is to be in that. And that is our life lesson and our journey is to get to that space and all these relationships and all the challenges and this time, right, where we're in, there is so much, um, this pandemic is just another challenge 
that's inviting us to like look within and find that inner queen or king and start embodying that so that we can live this life that we want to that is going to actually make us feel enriched and expanded instead of trapped and small and insignificant yes 100 percent. and i think that i don't know i'm curious to see what you think i would probably say that that work has to be done first. I think that I'm sure that there are some cases and and definitely always in a sacred relationship and a sacred bond, you're growing together and you're learning together. But I really think that at least for the majority of, of people listening, what's going to ring true is that you have to find that sense of wholeness in yourself first, because otherwise you're going around and you're looking for somebody to fill you to, to yeah. your other half, right? And you don't need another half. You're already full. Like, you know, there's nothing, there's no like space that needs to be filled in your heart. That's all very romantic and things, but, but really, you know, you're whole and full all on your own. And I think that that work has to happen first. I'm curious to think what you think about that. Yeah, I think that there is such a gift in heartbreak and in breaking up and ending a relationship or having an, a relationship end that wasn't where you weren't in that space. Because what then opens up is this opportunity and this possibility to get really quiet and to start to really get very curious about who you are. And I do think that it is so important to do that work because otherwise you just carry it into the next relationship. It's like what I mentioned near the start of this um, episode where it's, you know, there are repeating patterns. If we don't learn the lesson, we have to have it reappear. So that's where people get stuck. And you may see this right in yourself or in people that you know, where it's like, oh, here we are again, same deal, right? And it just, and the universe is just going to keep giving you that same lesson, just presenting it in different clothes until you recognize oh, here's what I need to learn here. And then it's like you get to progress to the next level, which will have its own challenges and its own lessons. And it's not to say, you know, you have to be completely 100% healed to go into a relationship because let's be honest, we're human. We're, you know, that's, it's a lifelong kind of journey. Um, But, and, and relationships will, of course, like shine a mirror to all your, and bring to light like all the things that are unhealed and there's so many challenges in that too but if you're in a space where you've got to that place of like wow I feel really good with me I love me I love being with me I know what I deserve I know what I want and I'm not going to settle for mediocre then you're in a much stronger position when you go into that relationship then it's easier for you to speak um what you desire to create more of that intimacy that Paige you were talking about is so important right in relationships that's that's having that foundation is what allows you to build a relationship that in the future that's really um really uh sort of enriching and nourishing but we need to do the work for us and that's why I stopped um that's why I shifted my work to working with women who are coming out out of relationships in that heartbreak space because it can be so tempting to just quickly jump into the next thing and it's like no 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 let's let's do the work now because otherwise you're just delaying the inevitable you know so it's such a gift it's so exciting actually oh my god (laughs) I I actually agree I had a relationship end at the beginning of this year and the work that I did in that breakup specifically for me, just what you're talking about, avoiding the tendency and um, the impulse and the urge to to go and reach for somebody in my phone, right? To make a phone call to, to get some company or to go out drinking and to do all these things that were patterns for me before. I didn't do that this time. Like I really decided to 
to go through the breakup really consciously. I really wanted to feel into every part of it and learn as much as I can about myself and, and like you said, my relationship patterns. While it's fresh in that space, like you said, I remember having been lucky enough to have worked in this space, hearing this, this knowledge before that actually if you're going through a heartbreak, it's like the best opportunity ever. And so even though, you know, then it happens and especially I wasn't expecting it to happen. So when it happens like that, it's like, oof, you know, you get, it's the Mack truck to the head, but Mm -hmm. I was able to remember because, you know, of you and of other people in, in your space that have taught me this lesson of, of actually heartbreak is such an amazing place to be because there's so much to learn and there's so much to grow from that, that I did take that opportunity to go through the breakup consciously. And so I can say from personal experience that it is absolutely probably the most, one of the most transformative things I've ever done is taking that time to go into that space to say, what is there to learn here? And I'm not going to numb out. I'm not going to drink my face off. I'm not going to go out every weekend. I'm not going to have anybody come to hook up with. I'm not going to do any of that numbing stuff, avoiding stuff. I just felt totally into it. And it made the process actually, like it's weird to say easier because feeling into it was probably more painful than you know, if I just got drunk and hooked up with somebody, but I don't, it almost feels like it does feel easier in a way. It feels like yeah. it was an easier time for me than other relationships that have ended. And maybe because you had that awareness, you know, like you had that, you had access to that information of like, wow, this can be a gift because so often when relationships end, if we don't know this information, we're like, it's me. What did I do wrong? Like I, you know, I messed it up and, and it's all just about like, it's a failure. Mm. And I don't see relationships ending as, as a failure. I see it as like, okay, you had like a time with this person, there were certain lessons to learn and there was an opportunity to learn them. And you came together for a reason to kind of exchange some information, to have some experiences, to grow, to mess up, right, to make mistakes and to have good, bad, the ugly, all those things. And and then when you come out of that, now's the opportunity to figure out, okay, well, what worked here, what didn't, and take it from there. And I think that there's so much pressure in our society to do things perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you go you go to school, you got to get the good grades, then you go to university, you get the good grades, then you go to work and you do really well, then you meet the, the person who ticks all the boxes, you get married, you have the children, and then, you know, you live happily ever after. But actually life is is not really like that. And I think that there's so often this thing of like, wait, but I did all the things, you know, I ticked all the boxes. I played by all the rules. Why isn't it working out for me? And it's because actually like, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I feel like you're probably a little bit of a rebel, a little bit of a renegade. There's somewhere inside of you that's like, no, I don't want to play by the rules. I don't want to do what I've been told. I want to find my own way. And that heartbreak moment is your opportunity to find out what your path is, what your unique genius, your unique lessons, your unique challenges are, and to rise to that occasion. Oh, yes. That just fired me up. (laughs) put my hair up guys because I was really getting fired up listening to that if you're going through a heartbreak right now or even if you're not I think that you should just listen to that little blurb on loop because that that's exactly the truth it but it's hard to know in the moment but you just have to keep hearing it like I'm actually being I was kidding but I'm also being dead serious that listen to that on loop over and over and over in your head that's what I did just I've had this information pounded into my head all the time that 
a relationship is not a failure and you are not a failure if your relationship ends and there is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing, you know, it's, it's that this was an opportunity to learn. This was an opportunity to grow and it's something you can be grateful for, even though it hurts, right? Nobody's saying it's, it's like sunshine and roses, breakup suck. It's hurts. It's painful. But, but it's, and it's still an opportunity and you can choose to look at it that way. And that's what's so, so life-changing. I love that. That's yeah. Very exciting. Um, Something that I thought of when you were saying that was this idea of, you know, when you learn your past relationship patterns and that, that I think is, is kind of like an exercise I would love for you to touch on. It's something that I did a few times, just writing out. I'm sure there's different ways to do it, but, you know, just journaling and writing out and just thinking about what, what has happened here? Like, let's just look back at the track record. Like, like who is the person? Like, listing out the characteristics of the people and listing out kind of the way that it went and noticing the pattern, just getting curious about that. Is that something that, that you, I'm sure, have guided your clients through many times, but I'm curious to, to hear how that goes for you. Yeah, totally. It's something that I love to do with my clients because there's always a pattern. There's always a th- common thread. So I'm, I get them to write out like, yeah, like write out or we speak about like, okay, tell me all your relationships. Like, let's go back to the first one, like the parents, you know, yeah. because that's the first relationship and look through yeah. like, what, how do you, how do you show up in that relationship? What do you, what have you been taught in those relationships? And sure enough, there's always a common thread. And then once you recognize that common thread, now you have power because now you can choose to respond in a different way, you know, because when we're, when we're not aware of our patterns, we're just kind of reacting We're we're on autopilot. We're just going off like, Oh, this happened in the past. So I'm going to do this same thing. You know, it's mostly just, in the mind the mind's like oh I recognize this all right this is what we do here and so we're kind of on autopilot we're just sort of sleepwalking in a way but once you have that awareness now you have choice now you have the power of choice because before you didn't have choice you were just reacting but now you have choice now you can respond and that's super powerful Right. So powerful. It's very powerful. And I'm glad that you mentioned that about parents and and other family members and kind of just important people in your life too. If you do want to take through this exercise of, of looking at your past relationships, it doesn't have to be just romantic relationships. That was something that I really noticed. I knew that certain family members for me were big players in my life and in my, how I act in relationships. And so outlining that and seeing the threads through how I act in my romantic relationships and how I've had to show up in my family relationships is really, really interesting. And again, it's, you know, it's all relationships get healed in this, through this practice and through this work, because then you can see, you know, this wasn't a healthy dynamic with my parents or siblings or whomever either, you know, it's, it's not just in, or friends. It's not just in our romantic relationships where, where this stuff shows up. I also, can I tell you about a cool exercise I did recently? Yeah. I did, um, like a releasing ceremony around all past partners. I've done things like that before, like for specific people, you know, doing something like moving through a forgiveness meditation for people who aren't familiar, if that's something that you can Google or or a, a bond kind of releasing meditation and writing something and burning it, that kind of releasing ceremony. And I just felt I've always really loved releasing ceremonies. And so I did one recently, though, that was I listed every name of every person I've ever been with. And then, you know, they say the thing to include, you know, and then the people from the bar that I don't remember, you know, all of these different things. And it encompasses all of that and just releasing that because in doing some work recently, I told you um, before, I've recently been learning about sacred relationship and sacred sex that we really do carry around our past people, you know, and, and until 
you kind of recognize that. And again, it's all through this practice of awareness that you're going to keep carrying that around. And so I'm curious what you think about that idea of of how we carry around, even just the person that we had a one night stand with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, there's a lot of um, spiritual teachings that talk about the, the energy and for women, especially and carrying that energy in our womb space. Mm. So uh, there's like an imprint um, of the, of the, if we've had sex with a, with a man and, and there's an energetic imprint that stays with us for, can stay for up to like seven years. Whereas for men, like when they have sex with a woman, her energy is only imprinted in him for 48 hours. So after, that's why sometimes it can be like, you know, like guys that they'll like sleep around, they're like, ah, whatever, all right, I had sex, good, it was done, da, da, da. And then often for women, it's like, they have the one night stand and then they're like thinking about him and like, right. oh, is he going to call me? And maybe he'll, I'll have his babies and blah, blah, blah. Like, right. So that's bogus that we have that. I know it's so unfair. <laughs> it's a very big difference. Seven years to 48 hours. Like, I'm sorry. It's because, Even the playing field a bit. It's because there's, um, it's because of because women carry babies so the idea then is that the that father's energy is inside of the woman as well so the the baby's getting to experience both the father and the mother's energy um Mm. but like you know in today's society we're not just usually just waiting until we get married and having sex with only one person in life so we need to be more aware of um doing clearing practices to release and remove that energy um, so that, you know, you're not, you're not getting your energy field all messed up. And if your energy feels all chaotic with like all these different guys energy in there, it also makes it very difficult for you to call in like a really high vibrational, like a kind of like divine union or like a really healthy sort of relationship because a man who's really embodied in his king energy, in his masculine energy, is looking for a woman who's embodied in her queen energy and has that, you know, like clear um, energy field so that they can be attracted to that. So if you want to manifest or create that kind of partnership in your future, clear out all that energy, clear out your womb space so that you can be like, um, you can really radiate with your own essence, your own energy, instead of all these other guys, questionable energy. (laughs) (laughs) Or even just, you know, the energy that is not the one that we would like to be carrying around anymore. Like that was great years ago and now I would really like it if he would stop crossing my mind thanks so much and existing in my womb space thanks yeah absolutely totally 100% (laughs) oh god give us the details of your program I'm so I'm so excited yeah I'd love to so um my program is called luxuriate and it's eight weeks and it's all about getting you in your queendom. So this is for, for the ladies. So sorry, men who, who might be listening. It, this is for you if you are, um, if you've come out of a relationship and you're really wanting to get clear on who you are, what you want and start creating the life of the woman that you know that you want to be. So we look at your palace, which is your home. We look at your crown, which is your, um, your style and how you're presenting yourself out into the world and your queendom. So that's your support network of your friends and the work that you do and the things that you do to fill your time. And it's kind of like creating a living vision board. So making sure that each piece of your life is reflecting who it is that you're becoming. So it's laying the foundation for you to step, really rise up into your queen energy, to let go of all that, those little girl patterns, to get very clear on who you are, what you want, to get really feeling very secure, 
feeling seen and feeling supported in your life life with a deep sense of trust. So it's a lot of fun. It's very deep work, but it's also very playful. Um, So we work a lot with like the external parts of your world and matching them up to what's going on internally. Um, And we have uh, moments throughout where we do things like we pop champagne and we celebrate because I think that it's so important that we celebrate our milestones, right? Like we forget to do that so often to celebrate where we've had some successes along the way. So it's about getting you into that space where you're like excited about this next chapter instead of feeling like scared or worried about it or feeling like you're somehow broken and um, that, you know, there's now no hope for you for the future. That's not true. So we're going to turn all of that around. So it's so much fun. I love it. Oh my God. Oh my God. I want to join. It's so that's. (laughs) So amazing. I love every single thing that you just said. People are going to think that some of the things that you said, I put you up to say, because we literally have like said the same things verbatim, but yeah, you know, this journey in general, this transformational journey, personal growth, spirituality, the spiritual path, all of this, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be, your life is not, you're not a failure. The way that we live right now that gets us down, that keeps us in stress, that keeps us in this low vibration, that keeps us from having the life that we want to live that that really fires us up that is not how we're that's not our truth and it's not our destiny and it's not how we're supposed to live so i'm so oh i'm so happy for everybody that that is going to be in that container because that sounds incredible yeah yeah it and it's so true it's we're so used to um spiritual work being heavy and i think that that really puts a lot of people off from actually doing it. And the thing is you, when you've come out of a relationship, right? Like you've, you're in the, in the, like the, the dark and heavy stuff. You don't need more of that. You want, (laughs) it's like, let's bring you out of that because that's where getting yourself into that space where you're feeling good. Then it's easier for you to replicate more of that in your life. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like getting you from that feeling of like, everything's over to, oh, wow, there's opportunity, there's possibility. This is so exciting. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that actually for more reason as to why to do this work and to do this, this um, container with Sophia, because in the heartbreak space, yeah, it's like, it sucks anyways. You might as well, you might as well dive into it. You know, you might as well lean into it and, and get this work and, you know, grow from it. If you're going to be sad, you might as well be sad with a purpose and be sad with the light at the end of the tunnel than just be permanently down and out. I don't know. Anyways. All right. Well, thank you so much. We have to have you on again. I'm saying it on, on the recording so that people can hold you to it. Yeah. I'd love to come on again. All righty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Spiritual 20s. My name is Paige and I am so grateful to play even the smallest role in your journey to living a more authentic, more aligned, more wild and free life. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and I'll see you next time.